0: From KQED in San Francisco, this is The Writer's Block. Hi, I'm Nathan Englander. My new book is What We Talk About When We Talk About Anne Frank, and I'm going to read to you all from a story called Everything I Know About My Family on My Mother's Side. Watch the husband and wife walking down Broadway together, even looking at their backs, even from a distance, You can see the wife is making big, sweeping points, advising. There is wisdom being shared. But she is a kindly woman, the wife. You can see this, too. Because every few paces, the wife slows and reaches toward the husband, hangs an arm around his shoulder, and pulls him close. There is clearly love between them. If we weave through the crowd with a little gusto, we'll make progress. If we take advantage of the pause when the two stand by a table of trinkets, bracelets and lighters and watches, all of them oddly embossed with the faces of revolutionaries, we get close enough to become suspicious of their relationship, about the nature of its husband and wifeness. The two stop right in the middle of Canal Street, the wife faces the husband, and the point she argues is so large it's as if the wife believes traffic will stop for it when the light changes, as if... Should the cars roll on, it's worth being run down to see her point made. It's then that we catch up, then that we're sure, as the woman smiles and hooks her arm through the man's guiding him safely across, that the wife is not a wife, and the husband not a husband. What they are, it seems clear now, is boyfriend and girlfriend, and that girlfriend, upon closer inspection, seems to be a cat-eyed and freckle-faced Bosnian. Standing next to her, looking ten years older and with a mess of curly hair, the other one, the boyfriend one, is, we see, just a little Jew. And recognizing the face, taking it in, we see that the little Jew is me. It's because of how they walk and talk, in the way their shoulders bump, and how her lower back is held and released by him at every corner, that we assume a different type of intimacy. There is an ease A certain safety, you could call it, that just makes a person think husband and wife. From a distance, it just seemed another thing. The argument that they, that is that she and I, settle in the middle of Canal Street sounds in a much truncated form like this, with me earnest and at wit's end. But what do you do if you're American and have no family history, and all your most vivid childhood memories are only the plots of sitcoms? If even your dreams, when pieced together, are the snippets of movies that played in your ear while you slept. Then, the girl says, those are the stories you tell. Her family tree is written into the end papers of a Bible whose leather cover has worn soft as a glove. She was raised in the house in which her mother was raised and her mother's mother and in which, believe it or not, her great-grandmother was born. Think of this. The ancient photos around her had grown old on the walls. When the Bosnian came to America with her parents, they took the Bible, but the pictures, along with the still-living relatives in them, were left behind. We're still in the street, arguing over my family history gone lost, and I say what I always say to this girl who was swaddled in a quilt sewn from her grandmother's dresses. Oh, look at me. My uncle shot Franz Ferdinand and started World War I. Then Count Balthus came to Sarajevo to paint a portrait of my mother playing badminton in white knee socks. For this, there's always a punch in the arm and a kiss to make up. This time, I also want a real answer. What you do is tell the stories you have as best you can. Even if they're about going to the mall about eating bagel dogs and kosher pizza? Yes, she says. You don't mean that. I don't mean that, she says. You find better stories than that. And looking at me frustrated, you can't, not really, know nothing. Tell me about your mother. Tell me an anecdote right now. Everything I know about my family on my mother's side wouldn't even make a whole story. And she knows enough of me, my girl does, to know that it's true. The Bosnian, my bean, and admittedly that's what I call her, She fills me with confidence. I go from saying it's hopeless to telling her about the Japanese beetles, about the body in the stairwell, about the soldier with the glass eye. You see, she says, there is story after story, plenty of history to tell. My mother's father had two brothers, both of them long dead. My grandfather never told me about either brother. These are the stories he told me instead. During Prohibition, we drank everything— Vanilla, Applejack, when I was down in Virginia, we used to go out to where the stills were hidden in the woods and buy moonshine. Always you take a match to it first. If it burns white, you're all right. If it burns blue, then it's methanol. If it burns blue and you drink it, you go blind. Applejack, it's just hard cider. My grandfather told me how to make it. You take fresh cider and you put it in a jar and throw in a bunch of raisins for the sugar. You let it ferment, watching those raisins go fat over time. Then you put it in the freezer, and you wait. Alcohol has a lower freezing point than water. When the ice forms, you take out the jar, you fish out the ice, or pour out the liquid. And what's not frozen, that's alcohol, easy as pie. I tried it one Thanksgiving, when suddenly, even in suburbia, cider abounds. I threw in the raisins, I waited and froze and skimmed and drank... I don't think I got drunk. I don't think anything happened. But neither did I go blind. If you were to climb into my childhood head and look out from my childhood eyes, you'd see a world of Jews around you. The parents, the children, the neighbors, the teachers, everyone a Jew, and everyone religious in exactly the same way. Now look across the street at the Catholic girl's house and at the house next door to hers where the Reformed Jews live. Now what do you see? Is it a blur? An empty space? If you are seeing nothing, if your answer is nothing, then you are seeing as I saw. Now that I'm completely secular, my little niece looks at me, at her uncle, through those old eyes. She asks my older brother sweetly, Is Uncle Nathan Jewish? Yes, is the answer. Uncle Nathan is Jewish. He's what we call an apostate. He means you no harm. My great-grandfather gave up on religion completely, and my grandfather told me why he did. This is true by the by, not true in the way fiction is truer than truth, true in both realms. What he told me is that his father and two other boys were up on the roof of a house in their village in Russia. One of the boys, not my great-grandfather, had to pee and peed off that roof. What he didn't see below him was a rabbi going by. Like a story, every stream has an ark that has to come down somewhere. The boy pissed on the rabbi's hat. The three children were brought before the anointed party. They were, all three, soundly and brutally beaten. The punishment meted out was an injustice my great-grandfather couldn't abide. He thought, in Russian, in Yiddish, in his version, forget the whole lot, I'm done. Up until this story... All I knew was that our family was from Gabernia. That's where we hailed from. And when I tell my sweet Bosnian, who also speaks some Russian, she shakes her head, looking sad as if maybe everything I know really isn't enough. Gabernia just means state, she says. Like a county. To say you were born in Gabernia would be like saying you were born in state, as in New York State or Washington State. To be from there is to be from anywhere. Or nowhere, I say. To subscribe to The Writer's Block and hear more stories, visit kqed.org slash writersblock. The Writer's Block is produced by KQED. (laughs)